Welcome to the UTG at Work podcast. I'm Deacon Mike Houghton. I'm the executive director of an apostolate called UTG at Work. Our mission is to help women and men joyfully live their faith and witness to Christ and the gospel in the workplace. I'm happy to be with you as we explore the Sunday gospel in ways that help people who work. You can find this podcast, as well as helpful articles, videos, and other materials on our website, which is utgatwork.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting sites. This weekend, we celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany, and our gospel is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising, and we have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house they saw the child with Mary his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In any great movie, the key actors come to life for the audience. We come to know their personalities in a way that helps us predict how they will react under pressure. And we often find that the key players react differently to some stressful situation that they're facing, and this creates tension and drama. Today's gospel for this Epiphany Sunday is no different. The key actors are the Magi, the chief priests and scribes, and King Herod. The situation that they face is the birth of the Messiah, and their reactions are in fact quite different. But even more, the reactions give us a very powerful insight into how people react to Jesus Christ today. So let's delve into this just a bit. Consider first the Magi. Tradition tells us that there were three of them, but there's nothing in the Bible that tells us the quantity. We assume that there were three because there were three gifts mentioned, but that need not be the case for this passage to be true. The Magi weren't Jewish people, and so they wouldn't have been steeped in the scriptural prophecies about the Messiah who was to come and save the people of Israel. Rather, they were educated and likely wealthy men who looked to the heavens for divine signs, and there they saw the star which guided them to Jesus, the newborn king of the Jews. So, was it an easy trip for them to come and see Jesus? No, it wasn't. They rode by camel, and they traveled at night so that they could follow the star. Traveling at night in the desert was very dangerous, but they wanted to meet the newborn king and pay him homage, so they took the risk. Next, consider the chief priests and the scribes. They, more than anyone in this passage, knew about the coming of the Messiah, but when confronted with the possibility that he might have been born, they did absolutely nothing. Despite their great knowledge of the prophecies and their understanding that it was possible for this child to be the Messiah, they sat tight rather than going to check it out for themselves. Now King Herod, of course, reacted to Jesus' birth with jealousy and rage. 
He wanted no competition to his role as the king, and he would ultimately slaughter all of the children under the age of two in the area where he knew Jesus was born just to try to cut off the threat. Thus, we find three groups with three distinct reactions to Christ. Homage, indifference, and rage. And that's pretty much how people react to Jesus today as well. People who are like the Magi are those who are inclined to speak and act according to their faith. They're unafraid of the risks that they might incur along the way, but instead they move forward with an appreciation for the fact that what they believe in is worth any risk. In the workplace, these are the people who joyfully witness to their faith and show others by word and example what it means to be a Christian. Most people today take the route of the chief priests and the scribes. That is to say, they do nothing. They may well believe that there's a God, but they don't see the existence of God as being something that moves them to action. These are the people at work who shrug their shoulders when discussions about the faith arise. They may actually believe, but they don't see it worth the effort, or perhaps worth the repercussions which they fear may follow, to act on their belief. We run into a lot of these kinds of people in our efforts at UTG at work. When we describe what we're about, they say things like, Well, good luck with that. Or, I hear you, but that's not going to change where I work. Those who act to eliminate Christ, like Herod, are really a kind of a strange lot, as they consist of a mix of people who are the true atheists, of course, but also others who, for one reason or another, just don't want Jesus to be talked about publicly. For reasons that I don't fully understand even to this day, many in the public media fall into the latter category. They may or may not be believers, but they'll go out of their way to push aside any possible reference to the Lord in their work. These are the people in the workplace who run to HR to report someone who is, God forbid, displaying a cross in their office. These are the people who snarl or make rude comments when someone prays before lunch. I don't dislike such people. Rather, I pity them. Someday, they will stand in the presence of Jesus Christ himself, and I can't imagine how that conversation will go. I know that I wouldn't want to be there for it. What I would ask us to ponder today as we start this new year of 2024 is, how does your faith come to light in your workplace? Now, I sincerely doubt that anyone listening to this podcast would react with rage as Herod did. And I suspect that most of us would say that we're kind of like the Magi. But this is something to really pray over. Are you more like the Magi who rushed to pay him homage? Or are you actually more like the chief priests and the scribes who reacted with indifference? You see, the chief priests and the scribes believed in God. But let's be honest, so does the devil. The question for you and me to contemplate is not whether or not we believe. Rather, the question for us is, what do we do because of our belief? Jesus made it very clear that he wants us to go and make disciples. Pope Paul VI, in his apostolic exhortation, Evangelization in the Modern World, said that the church exists to evangelize. In fact, since St. John Paul II called for a new evangelization, all of the popes have continued to repeat the need for us to evangelize. But more often than not, we don't. Perhaps you do, and if so, I give you great accolades. But most Catholics really struggle to talk about their faith, especially at work. What set the Magi apart from the chief priests and the scribes was their docility to the Holy Spirit. They were so convicted by what they felt called to do that they were willing to risk anything to make it happen. Or perhaps more accurately, they were so convicted by what they felt called to do that they trusted that they would be protected and cared for no matter what threats they may face. Now, some of you listening to this podcast may be thinking, 
Well, hold on a minute. The Magi weren't Christians or Jews. They may well have even worshipped idols. How could they have possibly been led by the Holy Spirit? Well, God is the creator of everything that is and was and ever shall be. He's omnipotent, meaning that he has the power to do whatever he wills. Without question, he was at work in the birth and in the epiphany of the Messiah. Not only did he lead the Magi to Jesus, but he also spoke through his angels to the shepherds in the fields who were not yet believers in the Christ on the night he was born. And he caused the star of Bethlehem to shine brightly to lead the Magi to Jesus. He most certainly has the power to guide the Magi to the newborn king if this is part of his plan for salvation. And the Magi followed the direction with docility. Docility to the Holy Spirit is one of the six good habits that Archbishop Vigneron calls for in his pastoral letter, Unleash the Gospel. He tells us that these six good habits are dispositions of mind and heart that we must take on in order to become a radically mission-oriented church. In a very practical sense, docility to the Holy Spirit for all of us means that we must pray for direction from the Holy Spirit in how we live our life, most especially when we are confronted with difficult decisions. But more than just praying for direction, we need to do what he asks of us regardless of whatever threats or concerns we may have. After all, the chief priests and the scribes most likely prayed for direction, but only the Magi had the conviction to do something about it. On this Epiphany Sunday, as we turn the calendar to a new year and think about what we want to be different in 2024, let's all make the commitment to be more like the Magi. We here at UTG at Work are committed to walking alongside of you on the journey. May we all find the courage in the year of our Lord 2024 to be better and more effective, joyful missionary disciples as we embrace docility to the Holy Spirit. Thanks for joining me for this week's UTG at Work podcast. I look forward to meeting again next week. In the meantime, I encourage you to boldly live your faith in the workplace in the week ahead. I'll pray for your success, and I ask that you pray for the success of this UTG at Work apostolate. If you want to learn more about us, please visit utgatwork.org. Now go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life.